he's Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. That was quite the intro. That was a, that was a long intro. Uh-huh. We are the podcast that discusses physical therapy and chips. Huh. Talk about unique. We're in our own demographic. Yep. Yep. And we're loving it. Absolutely. Welcome back. Did we already say welcome back? We did. We did. We did it again. Welcome back again. You can always be. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We are, uh, every week, we're amazed that people actually listen to us. Yeah. Uh, This week we're going to discuss the sports hernia, and we will review the Saver Smith's Italian cheese and port. These are um, British. Yes. They're from the masters of flavor and faber. Because the Brits are way into port and cheese. Especially Italian cheese. Yeah, or, or British cheese. Like Gloucester and they yeah. got some stinky cheese. Stilton. Oh my goodness. That's a stinky cheese. Yeah. Yeah. But the sports hernia. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting topic, Christian. Yeah, it's it's definitely a misnomer. It's not really a hernia. I mean it can become one, but that's pretty darn far down down the road. Really the best way to think of it is a tear in your abdominal wall. This typically occurs in your oblique muscle. Occasionally, you'll see it as uh, one of the groin muscles, so one of the adductors as well. So it's also known as athletic pubalgia, which is not really heard very often, but that's kind of what you'll see in the literature. So if you go to look it up, you're usually better off typing in athletic pubalgia rather than sports sports hernia. hernia. Yeah. Hernias do occur similar to like an inguinal hernia, which is what we typically talk about with hernias. And that's only really in very, very late stages, uh, poorly treated situations. So it's really very rare. And that's why the term hernia for this is really a very poor name. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's pain in a region where you could expect a hernia. I guess that's I and mean, it's in athletes, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, strategically, it's not a very good name. Well, you could be better off calling it a groin pull or yeah, keep keeping it nice and simple. Yeah, I mean the the symptoms for this are, are generally speaking sharp groin pain, especially during uh, activities, sporting activities. It tends to improve with rest, settle down relatively quickly, but it returns almost right away anytime activity is begun again. The most common provoker of discomfort is a, is a planted twisting movement. So this is something you'll see a lot in hockey and lacrosse and basketball and tennis and soccer. And so from a sports standpoint, we see it across the, the sporting world. But again, it is, it is a pretty rare issue and it doesn't pop up too much, um, which is a good thing. It's, it's usually one of the things that we, we try to rule out, right, when somebody comes in with... Uh, Undiagnosed groin pain, mm-hmm. yeah, which which you're trying to rule out a hip impingement or you know. or an inguinal hernia. Sometimes yeah. you, know, you do see that from time to time. I mean, a lot of people feel it as or will describe it as just groin pain and, and say that they've pulled their you know pulled their groin. The difference is is this is much much higher in the groin. I mean, it's really right in the crease, uh, thigh, and, and and your pelvis. So it's it's really pretty far up there. Whereas most what we would consider groin pulls are going to be a little further down, more in the, the muscle belly of that. And so that's um, harder to treat because it's more tendon and ligament versus muscle. So the blood supply to it is just not quite as good. And uh, it's, it's hard to treat in that area just because there's a lot of small muscles 
in that area or a lot of connections for muscle, I shouldn't say small muscles, but there's a lot, it's difficult to diagnose specifically in that area. One, because it's awkward for the patient. They don't really want you messing around on their groin too much. Digging around the groin. Well, it's a sensitive area to begin with, even when you're not hurting. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, testing for this, one of the, the most positive tests is a resist sit-up. So if someone uh, tries to do a sit-up and you push them down, that typically will incite their pain. Uh, if that doesn't, then we always go and check for angle hernia testing, which is where you, you blow on the back of the hand. And at that point, you'll usually feel a bulging. And if you feel the bulging, uh, you're typically going to rule out the, the sports hernia and rule in the inguinal hernia. Yeah, and most of the time, inguinal hernias, d d depending on size, will require some type of surgical intervention, um, where, like Christian said, sports hernias uh, rarely do. Although I have treated a couple of patients that ended up having uh, surgery on sports hernias, but not to repair a hernia, it was to repair a muscle tear. And so, I mean, that's why the, the hernia concept is such a, a poor name for it, because it's really more of a muscle tear than, than anything else. It's one of those so, things that, that you have to keep in mind when you're doing your differential diagnoses of any kind of groin or hip pain. It's probably not something that you come in contact with very frequently, but it is one of those lingering problems, just like like your hamstring pull and your hip flexor tendonitis. It, it will linger forever, and it's usually because people tend to go back to activity too soon. You know, rest, is, rest is, generally speaking, the best cure here. Yeah, but you also need to introduce graded exposure. So it's okay to rest, but as mentioned, I mean, it, it typically returns right away with any full return to sports. So you need to be very conscientious about how you return. And generally speaking, I mean, several weeks in PT can be helpful because we can do exposure to the movements that, sh that have caused discomfort without causing that irritation. So we're trying to get the body to adapt a little bit without breaking down beforehand so that when you do go back to sport, you don't you know, relapse right away, which unfortunately does. It becomes kind of a cycle on a lot of individuals. They get the discomfort, they stop doing the activity, they feel better, they do the activity, the discomfort comes back, and that kind of goes on for a little while. And so uh, graded exposure is, is pretty much the best kind of treatment for that. And that's going to vary from individual to individual. So if they have more issues in the, in the oblique versus the, the adductor muscle, there's going to be a different provoker of those and so you can treat those differently but like Jimmer said every once in a while you, the surgery route is kind of where you go and then recovery from surgery is usually in the the three to four month range so it's a it can be a pretty long recovery at times yep just gradual like, like Christian said gradual exposure to return to activity and, and trying to find out what the underlying problem might be it's usually an underlying weakness or a a movement pattern that contributes to this. Yeah, generally, again, we don't see this very much, so it's not the, the most common thing. But just keep it in mind every once in a while, and that resisted sit-up is really a, a strong test for it. So when yeah. in doubt, try that out. Yeah, make sure that you're not letting them anchor their ankle, their foot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. like the old wrong sit-up. All right, well, trivia, trivia time. So this week's question, what is the national animal of Scotland? It is, of course, the majestic unicorn. Those Scots. Yeah. So uh, we got a correct answer. TJ this week, he was very sure to mention that he didn't Google that. He knew this because of his uh, international lacrosse experience. 
Ooh, way to go, scals. Yeah. So. Well done. Yeah. Tej. This week's question in darts, which is the, the sport of darts. Where you throw these arrowy things called darts as well. Yep, that's what they're called. Yep. What is the highest possible score using only three darts? Yeah. For the for the dart people, you're going to like, really? But for the non-darters amongst us, this is a commonly made mistake. So, yeah. Can't wait to hear uh, what you guys think. By the way, darts, heavily underrated in the U.S., super popular in Europe. Yeah, it's massive. They stadiums. Popular. I mean, million-dollar prizes for these. Stadiums. Yep. Five, six, seven thousand people that watch these guys compete. And, the, and there's some interesting characters in darts. It's almost like there the are. WWE. They, they have guys with, like, <laughs> mullets and stuff. And it's colored hair. Yeah. It's pretty a fun. wizard, I think, out there yep. at some point. It's yeah, pretty it's exciting. It's pretty fun to watch. Pretty exciting. All right, chip time. The Italian Cheese and Port Potato Chips by Saversmith. Chip to air ratio, about 50% here. They have a um, distinctly Italian cheese flavor when you open the bag. Yep. They have a skin still on the outside, which is yep. always a nice, good, solid-looking chip. Sm small, small chips. Good crunch. I mean, you get the sweet port and cheese. I mean, that's a really good chip. You, you do get both port and cheese. Yeah. Impressive. Um, my first my first bite is is um, is pork, like the sweetness. Yeah, you get sweet, and then you get the cheese kind of coming in. Kind of saltiness yeah. from the. Does it say what kind of Italian cheese? I don't know if it does. We were um, good. I like beef. Italian hard cheese. Okay. Made from cow's milk. That's good to know. It's usually where cheese comes from. Um, most well, not true, but some goats. Um. Well, so you, yeah, you're looking at like Parmesan or something probably, right? Um, yeah. Hmm. I like it. These are growing on me. These are good. Not literally. That'd be awkward. That would be awkward if you had chips growing on you. Um, I'm definitely going two thumbs up. You're going two thumbs. I'm also yeah. giving it a, a solid two. Yeah. Good crunch. Yeah. Good flavor. Wow. This is as this is a unique flavor. I mean, we've done some unique flavors, but this actually. It works. It is the it is the flavor as described. As, as advertised. This yeah. is one of the few ones that you go like, wow, yeah, I'm getting that. I would almost call it port and Italian cheese because you get port first in the flavor. Instead of Italian cheese and port. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you can write a letter uh, we'll to Sabersmith. We'll let Sabersmith know what's up. Um, Maybe. Probably. Well done. Well yeah. done. Good chip. Thanks, Jimmer, for, uh, for, for grabbing these. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Well done. Well done. Well, thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to cover compartment syndrome, and we're going to review Miss Vicky's jalapeno flavors, compliments of Susan German. Thank you, Miss Susan German. I'm not going to finish some of these tips while you're doing the outro. Please do. Uh, if you like the show today, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you are looking for more information on this week's topic, check us out on Instagram and or Twitter. For more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.